Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, implementations, insights, getting the most out of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Global Psychor Practice Director and Psychor MVP at AmericanEagle.com. As we continue our product-focused episodes at the Water Cooler in 2023, today we're going to be talking with a product partner of Psychor, Relevant Edge. Relevant Edge is focusing on solving business challenges regarding data. Many organizations I talk to on a daily basis are always looking for more useful data to help run their business, and Relevant Edge is focused on solving these types of challenges that almost every business faces. From Relevant Edge, I am joined today by a few of the founders, Chris Nash and Niels Kunell. Many of you will likely recognize their names as they both did a long stint at Psychor roughly five years ago and have been involved in the Psychor community for quite some time. Chris, Niels, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. Thank you. So guys, it's an interesting episode today as you both worked at Psychor, so you've seen the product come along, you were involved with some of the product development. So tell us, how did some of your experiences at Psychor influence what you guys do today? So I'll, I'll uh, give my perspective on this and let Niels jump in. I would say that, you know, I greatly enjoyed working at Psychor. And when I left Psychor, it was, you know, I was, I was asked, would I work there again? And I, I said, yes, I would, I would be open to that. And I say that more because it's just a, a, a testament or just sort of like a, a statement that um, I uh, think it's a great company and um, I enjoyed working there. When I did work there, I really learned about the vendor perspective and um, the vendor agenda. And I think in my role at Psychor, I worked in the business optimization group, so very customer-facing, partner-facing. And I learned the importance of um, listening to you know, what customers had to say with regard to what they're trying to accomplish and you know, listen to them explicitly and also in between the lines. And I would say that you know, focusing on the problem, trying to you know, take the steps to, to address that problem is one of the really important things I learned there. And you know, while navigating the sort of vendor agenda, I also think I thought it was quite quite a global company. So um, seeing things work at a global scale was also quite an eye opener um, there. That was something I took away. Mills, what did you take away from working at Sitecore? Interesting question. In particular, the global scale was was definitely something that intrigued me. As some might know, I had a significantly more technical position in Sitecore than Chris did. So you can say as um, as a technical platform architect, as we were at the time. It was very interesting to design this data collection software and see all the data being used. Because I mean, that, that's a benefit you have by working in a company like Sitecore. That is that there are big, big brands out there actually using the solutions. So, I mean, one thing is like designing software for the fun of it or at last the small scale to do sometimes, but really seeing scale and being used was super interesting. One, one of the things that I also, uh, I, while I left Sitecore, was also that, uh, well, now I was part of designing all this big machine and I, I felt like it could be super interesting to use it for real. So that was was definitely also what triggered me to, to go into like a, a small specialist agency afterwards where I met Chris, you can say. So so that's kind of my, my main takeaway is um, just really, really interesting to see like the core of what drives big brands globally and being part of that technology and see how much and well it can be used. Perfect. Yeah, you both bring interesting perspectives because Chris, you're kind of like on my side, the business strategy sales side. And then Niels, you're obviously more on the technical side, being the CTO at Relevant Edge. So it's going to be very interesting perspectives, especially with how you guys adopt your product and company. 
which leads me to my next question, right? You made a few stops before starting Relevant Edge, but you know, tell us how and why you guys did start Relevant Edge. So um, while we were both working at Sitecore, when Sitecore XP was launched first, you know, version 8.0, in the end of 2015, right? In 2015, yeah. I want to say 14 to 15, but it was right around the turn of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a new generation of a product. Um, you know, the collection database, you know, greatly improved, but, you know, a really rich data model, you know, for data collection, for session data. And um, in the customer projects that I had, the customer facing projects, um, part of what I did at Sitecore was working with Lighthouse customers in a way, trying to build really, you know, good cases. So I got the opportunity to work closely with some really great brands, large brands, um, global brands, Volvo, Nutricia, et cetera. And um, in the projects, I, you know, we're trying to showcase the product and trying to bring out the, you know, simplify the value of the technology, um, the understanding of the value of the technology. And um, working with Sitecore Analytics, I, I recognize that there's a lot of great data collected in Sitecore. But, uh, you know, the analytics is a fixed product, um, you know, uh, built into the platform, and it only gets you so far. So simultaneously, Nils, he created something called the Experience Extractor. And, you know, we worked in the same building, uh, you know, not far from each other. And uh, we got to, got to learn about this Experience Extractor, tried it out, and it was just amazing. You know, this idea that you could extract data and visualize it in a tool like Excel and Power BI like those, et cetera. And it was an eye-opener for me. And it really led me to this idea of, you know, the power of data visualization and helping, you know, business-oriented users understand the, the value of the technology. So if you can visualize how I, you know, a, you know, how a marketer generates conversions or, you know, generates more engagement or, or doesn't, um, and you can attribute that to all kinds of things in the website, you know, uh, pages, channels, referring domains, micro conversions, pattern matches, all these kind of things. It's quite a step forward. The flexibility in customization, that sort of was a spark uh, from my side. You know, this idea of visualizing the value of the technology for business-oriented stakeholders. And uh, that's, that's what we do today. And um, that was a sort of key driver and then coincidentally, we happened to be able to start the company together almost three years ago. But Nils, now that I've like hogged the answer here, what, what do you, what's your perspective? Technology, the experience extractor, um, very, very interesting. So after we, we launched that great, we, we were a few like just in product talking about what would it have, what would it look like? Could we make some kind of data warehousing, just here and there, what, what would it look like without collecting requirements, just geek talk. And uh, and then I got a new manager, I think I referred to some VP of something and, and he forgot to check on me what I was doing for a month or two. So so that was what I did. Quite interesting, also the first like formal open source project in, in, in the history of Sitecore, as far as I know. I was amazed by meeting Chris and some other guys in Espos to see, okay, it's not just something we chatted about there is actually a yes, real value and and even though like it, it was also great to see sitecore in this particular instance supported the sort of the, the joint work between us at the time more than i would think so that was really great again seeing this um yeah my take on 
on how you can shape data in a great way to, to be used by actual business users with, not going to insult you, Chris, but, but, but you can say average technology inside. So, so like, even though it was kind of a, I wouldn't say handheld, but, but quite technically complicated solution, you, you quite quickly realized how it worked because it, it added all the value you, you, you sort of could, could really leverage at the different customers you had at the time. So to kind of summarize, I mean, you guys, for anyone that's worked on Cycor XP, I think majority of customers eventually run into, I don't want to say dead end, but you eventually run into an area where you want more data, more analytics, more reports, right? Cycor XP can track pretty much anything you want. You've created a mechanism where you can extract that data and basically dissect the reporting pretty much any way that you'd like. So it's a huge business need that you guys are solving. Yeah, I mean, and it's actually, I mean, it's just as much about what we now call integrated analytics. So you can you can join that data up with you know CRM data yep. or ERP data or Google data, Google GA4, Search Console, paid you know paid ads, LinkedIn ads, etc. And the the marketer, the user, the stakeholder, because that could be an executive or manager, you know daily marketer, you you just get a wider view of what's going on, and it's a better sort of foundation for making decisions when you can see connected experiences. Yep. Uh, you know, through, through this joint data. So, so that was a sort of, that's where we've taken it is, you know, from just the extraction part, the, the data transformation modeling part is the, the thing that we're really focused on. Yep. Perfect. So you've kind of already started to cover it, but just kind of, you know, to summarize, what are some of the most important business problems you all are solving with relevant and just got, you started going into being able to cross-reference yeah. multiple types of data, but just some other, some uh, high level important business problems you guys are solving. I would say, um, and I'll, you know, content analytics, personalization analytics, these are two areas that, um, you know, the traditional analytics, you know, where Google analytics dominates, um, but certainly there are up and coming and, you know, uh, analytics packages uh, out there, but there's not a, you know, they're kind of like, gen they're kind of all purpose, whereas, you know, content analytics and particularly, you know, in the sort of arena of Sitecore being, a, you know, having CMS as, as a major piece, the need for content analytics is definitely um, important because that's that's really how you leverage the investment in Sitecore, getting a, a deeper understanding of how you, not only the effectiveness of content, but also the effectiveness of managing the content. So for example, I mean, being able to filter your analytics by, you know, your Sitecore templates you know, content templates. It's quite a powerful feature and it's what it's sort of a, it's maybe a, a smaller example, but it sort of illustrates the idea that when you're joining session data with, you know, Sitecore content data, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, power in that. And it comes at a very low cost. So very low effort. You're building your site anyway. Why not um, filter your analytics based on the content tree? In addition to, of course, what you know, the, the, the other session data, those would be some of the important problems. And from a technology point of view, Niels, what would you say in terms of some of the important problems that we're addressing? Well, I would say from a technology perspective, what is also sort of, you can say the DNA in the product we're building is, it's mostly about the business problems you're wanting to solve. So it, it sort of takes all the technical challenges, all the technical complexity sort of away from, from the entire process. So a little bit facetiously, you can say, we automate all the stuff a market so don't care about. Um, and you, you can say like, okay, this is the data, this is a particular business questions we have to answer. 
obviously from a technical perspective, that we okay, we need the XDB, CDP sometimes, we need the, the master database, we need some data from some dynamic CRM or whatever. And then it connects it and you can say in place a data warehouse. So you don't need to, Chris doesn't even need to think about the data modeling. You simply just go with these data sources and he, he can start putting it all together for the customer. So uh, you, you can say that the technical challenge we're solving is essentially hiding it all away. So you, I mean, Nils, you talk about, I mean, you've once talked about, or several times, you know, that, you know, we're doing the data engineering work for the customer, right? So what our, what our product does is it, it sort of eliminates the need for the data stitching, the data engineering, you know, not only when you're extracting Sitecore data, you know, content data and session data and, you know, um, stitching it together essentially, but when you, when you have CRM contact data in there, so, for example, if it if the website is a portal where customers, you know, provide some kind of ID when they log in, email address or customer ID, then that's easy to get into the set the web session data, and now we're able to stitch CRM data together with web session data with content data, and we're we're basically autom you know we're taking care of the engineering for that and automating it as Neil says. Uh, that is correct. I mean, it's it's always, you can say, a, a personal matter, whether you find something difficult or challenging or not. I mean, I've been in the industry for about 20, 25 years, actually. I started working very young. And, and there is a lot of the challenges I've seen over the time. And, and sort of just, you know, taking all that experience and automating yourself is what has happened from my side. So, yes, what Chris is saying is accurate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just... um. It's very much like if, if the experience extractor was sort of that's like very early PUC, we're just taking it like far beyond what we had there and productized it. Yeah. I mean, we, we try to, like I said before, like what when I worked at Sitecore, I, I really learned about the importance of listening and, you know, um, navigating your own agenda from the, you know, what the customer's uh, objective is. And um, we really use this company as a kind of a laboratory to, you know, build a product and and strengthen it mm -hmm. um, as you know, almost for fun. <laughs> you know, in a way, you know, for ourselves, right, first and foremost. So we put ourselves in this position, and um, it's working out so far. You know, yeah, all these things, fingers crossed, whatever. So I think that's that's also um, in sort of in the in this discussion about you know focusing on problems and and you know what's driving us. This is a great overview, guys. I, I like what Neil's also said. It's like. When a marketer or business person wants something, they don't want to hear about the challenges that they have to overcome. It's like you guys kind of remove those barriers. Like, all right, now we're going to give you this because this is what you want. So I definitely like, Neil's what you said on that piece because it's, you know, working in any technology, that's always something a marketer or business person doesn't want to hear about all the challenges are. It's like, hey, I want this regardless. So you guys exactly. help solve that, exactly. that, middle, that yeah. middle ground. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I've always been, or I've learned at some point to be aware of like, you know, pe people are not paying you to tell them, you know, what their problems are. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> They're you, telling you, yeah. telling you to fix them. Exactly. <laughs> you got it. So you think, definitely appreciate yeah. what you guys are, what you're solving there. But Chris, you mentioned you're like, starting a company is never easy, but you guys started one in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm also just kind of yeah. curious over your journey the past few years, what have been some of your most rewarding moments that you guys have had overcome or some great customer success you guys want to highlight? What, what do you say, Nils? I, I would say when we started, I one of our really big successes were we were Chris and I were like, okay, we we start this out, see where it goes, uh, give it half a year, and then we evaluate whether this is like a company we're going to stick to. 
And Chris, we still haven't had that conversation. What do you think? <laughs> no, but it's it's like I think we were we of course we we all you always start out, I don't know, we at least we think we started out with um, you know, a customer or two. So we knew there was a basis for what we were doing. And then we seriously, big brands called us. Just like seriously, hey you guys, we heard you have the solution that does this and that. How about chatting? And Chris and I was just like, sure. So, I mean, the, the biggest <laughs> success was we actually came a really long way with a marketing budget about, I think, $9 per month for a, a small website. Yeah. So so that was great to see, like, we we identified a, like, a, you can say, a hole in the market or a position, and we could just see, okay, it clearly seems like we, we are onto something here. I, I would say that's the biggest success, great. is seeing that that we, we get customers literally calling us yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that, and um, I I think for me uh, I have one clear answer on this, and that is uh, one of our customers at one point reports to the CIO of the organization. The CIO was looped into basically we prepared a short presentation about what we're with some dashboards and what our what our platform is doing, and he he received it and he wrote back in the email. You know, this is exactly why we bought Sitecore, and this is what I need to communicate to our board of directors. And it was, you know, because we're visualizing the business value of their technology investment in a way that was, you know, material for them. It, you know, we're showing revenue related to customers, you know, who are purchasing through the, you know, uh, you know, through the website or websites. That was um, it, at the time. It was sort of just like another email flying in and out. But you know, I've, I've thought back on that, you know, often or several times, thinking like that was that was definitely like a you know a testament to okay, you know, we we have something here for sure. Yeah, emails and comments like that are always extremely rewarding. That's great, yeah. to, great to hear, guys. Congrats on all your success so far. But with that Thank said, you. you know, you guys have been around for a number of years now. You grew through the pandemic. But also with some of this turmoil, Sitecore has changed their product scope their, and their product strategy as well in the midst of this. So I want to switch gears to what you guys are focusing on now and going forward as well. And you both actually just presented at Sitecore um, SugCon Amia just a few weeks ago. And I understand you presented on Relevance Edge's uh, tracker add-on for Sitecore CDP. Can you guys elaborate on what that was and why this is going to be such a key focus for you all? Yes. Uh, I'll say a little bit and I'll turn it over to Niels because it was mostly his presentation and the tracker is his baby. <laughs> um, but with the, the first part of your question, um, you know, the evolution of Sitecore, I mean, I'm, I've worked in digital marketing, you know, since it started, you know, since it was invented. And I worked at working at Sitecore was an eye opener for me because I came from software as a service world of, you know, the birth of that and then the evolution of that. And I started working in Sitecore in 2011. And Sitecore had this platform that sort of come, you know, and I knew and I knew about like the disparate tools, right? You know, analytics, web, email, everything is in different tool sets, different data, data silos. And then Sitecore had this different approach where where data was managed in one database, or you know, you, you could capture centralizing data. And I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense. This, there's a there's a benefit in doing this. So as Sitecore has evolved. And with the new generation, Sitecore CDP, personalize, you know, send, search, uh, et cetera. At first, we were a little bit like, okay, you know, this sounds interesting, but what the hell's it going to be? But mm -hmm. we, since the, the main thing for us is the people at Sitecore who we've met, mm -hmm. you know, the product people, you know, it, it, people from Boxever, people, 
you know, people in Sitecore who've been there for a long time, new pe uh, people have joined, you know, some of the, you know, some of the executives, David Flanagan, for example, we have had such good, such a good feeling and take on what they're doing. And also just as people, they, they're just really open to hearing what we, from our perspective, what we have to say, what we're doing. We, they've been very supportive. So I think it's, I think the direction is great. Our strategy, of course, is, you know, we're all in on CDP and, and CDP personalized. Awesome. And we have a, you know, we support that in our, in our platform so that we can provide integrated analytics where the session data is collected in Cycro CDP. If personalized is also used, then we also provide, you know, custom personalization analytics, you know, insights where you can even like attribute towards your CRM data if you wanted to. What we found along the way is that the couple things with CDP, there's more setup involved than with Psychor XP. That's just maybe a little bit of random comparison, but I mean, you know, that, that is that's true. It is. That's true. But, but CDP, CDP, it, it requires some some setup. So we see that as an opportunity if we can if we can make that easier and at the same time provide better data with less effort. That's what we're doing with the tracker. So we decided to do it as an open source, um, as Niels will, will talk about, so as an open source project, because we just have this philosophy that, you know, if we do good things, then, you know, good things will follow us. And uh, we think this tracker, you know, just like, like we've done with the company, and this is what we, uh, what the take is with the tracker. So Niels, at SubCon, we presented the tracker, and what is the tracker? And... <laughs> It was probably one of the best presentations I ever given because Chrissy forced me to prepare. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, you can say it's, it's sort of a response to the nothing comes from nothing. And, <laughs> and uh, I know that also from, from XConnect, anything that has the ability to collect events and where you can ingest events at some point, comes, you can say, into the creativity of the developer, the budget allocated for the tracking. And it's not trivial to do all these different things. Google is doing it well, of course, but I thought, what what if we could somehow automate this? Again, automate, is I say it all the time, and it is a very important part of what we do. What if we could make a very simple solution where a developer only throw like one script on their solution, and then it will track with high fidelity all the different things that happens. And of course, we did that. Also, it's it's open source because I I don't think we we can't run around and sell a JavaScript commercially simple. <laughs> and also because it's supposed to to sort of take all the knowledge uh, we have generally, all the research we've done about ITP, like whatever the European Union they like and don't like, and so on, and and instead of having to like provide guidance here and there to different partners implementing our solutions, like why not just encapsulate it in one solution put it out there? My my background, again, I think I um, we also started very early, and and what we did at the time was like proper cracking of whatever you could do with the CSS and stuff back in the days. So there's like if you really really take all the APIs to the limit, you can sort of accomplish much more, and and it's like very. It might seem very simple, just how long are you on a website? It's not when you enter the site, it's a long time you have the website open. How about outbound link tracking? Well, sure, 
but where do you go? What is your navigation pattern between different tabs? How do you deal with first-party cookies in a way so fingerprinting is not possible? And sort of really taking state-of-the-art technology to be sure that you're kind of, as you can say, a teacher's pet if you if you track in this way. Um, yeah, and, and I thought it should be open source. I think it aligns perfectly well what we do. Again, you can't get further away from the edge than what we are doing in our sort of, you could say, the commercial offerings we have. And this is just going all the way to the edge, making sure that the data can be collected regardless of, you can say, platform, uh, backend, whatsoever. And, uh, and, and final remark about it before, please show a flag if I start rambling too much. <laughs> but it's more about, it's also something where we hope it will be maintained. We call it tail app. It's not even, it's not relevant edge something. It's like a proper open source project where the hope is like, we will also get other resources in. Just changing things. Stuff changes all the time. Firefox starts blocking cookies in a new way, allowing new things. So having this one library kept up to date that is not tied to any commercial platform just does the good work that you need in, in your device to be sure that events are collected correctly and, and reach the backend. So a couple quick follow-ups to that. So. I guess, what are just a couple very, very specific use cases that Tracker is solving? Is there any, like, just one or two you guys can point out? One of the use cases where it solves a lot mm -hmm. is where you would normally go in as a market, so with Google Tag Manager, and tag up very specific actions you want to monitor that your visitors are doing. It does all that automatically hmm. because it, know, it knows about... It knows about the context because it hooks into the CMS, XM Cloud in this particular presentation we did. It knows about the placeholders, it knows about the components, it knows about the data sources, all the stuff that you have on your website. So when, you, when we track an outbound link, we know perfectly well in context what link was it, but then it does it for all links. So you don't need to go through Google Tag Manager and pick the ones you like. So, it but, will, it like, will give you... Yep all these things by itself. That, so, that's the technical answer to what it solves. So something as simple as like a button click. If I had a button to a rendering, you actually will know when a button is clicked on a web page for a specific user and it will record it back to Sitecore CDP. That's what it does. I even tried it out on the Sukcon site where there's a lot of, uh, you can say external HTML shoveled mm -hmm. in from some events thing. It also picks up on like context it can find, data attributes, whatnot. So when you click one of the speakers, it could tell you, oh, this model opened for this speaker for hmm. this session, and it could also tr see like, oh, you clicked, you closed the model again. So those those events are also auto generated and, and stored in CDP. So Chris, before I let you answer, just one quick follow up to that, and this might be part of your answer too, because with Sitecore CDP, it does keep track of things at the user level, and the one thing that I see Sitecore CDP that doesn't have yet that XP does is like a roll up of what all those goals and things might be. Right. So if, if like this one button was clicked by 600 users, being able to see that type of data. So I'm not sure if that's what you guys are offering yet, but that might be something I've heard as a request. But Chris, I did have another question, but I'm going to let you you jump in here. Um, thanks, John. So but yeah, the, to to address the point you just made, the use case, this is this is what it does. And yep. it's actually quite um, I'm quite interested to hear, hear that use case, hear about that use case. And it's an example of like when we start. When we start, the customers we work with, you know, are either data driven or trying to be, you know, on the path to being data driven. You know, often they're just asking for the ability to 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 measure things, track things that might not be 
you know, measurable or tracked today because there's no, you know, like no tracking script on, on it, you know, so, um, or no, no tag or, you know, Google Tag Manager thing set up on it. And so that's, that's, that's a bit of the, the motivation. I was going to say that um, the tracker, what it provides is um, it joins the Sitecore items with sessions. So as a user is navigating pages through the, you know, XM, XM Cloud website, the session will get to know the, the item ID of that page, right? Got it. So then we can join the session back to your content tree. It's very powerful, this idea. And, uh, you know, I, I, people who work with Sitecore, they get it in like two minutes yep. and understand, wow, that's really a great way to think about analytics because you can filter by everything in your content tree. Yes. Uh, it also captures referring domains, which is super interesting in the world of analytics because, you know, not only is it like organic search, but it's, you know, google.com.au, google.hk, you know, google.dk. It takes you beyond channels you know, when you're focusing on, you know, inbound referring domains, inbound query strings, extremely powerful in, um, in, in analytics, capturing the entire query string, which Sitecore XP does today. Yep. A lot of people don't realize it. And, you know, for every inbound link from Google, you know, there's a GCID that tells you or not, you know, is it paid or organic? I mean, Google's telling you that through the query string and you can use that again as a filter in, in analytics. UTMs, of course, uh, it's it's also takes care of in a way that is compliant with the way CDP wants you to, to work. You know, capture UTMs. Also, IP, uh, lo, you know, geolocation that's that's included. Internal, external uh, link clicks, uh, you know, included. Um, and uh, as Neil said, you know, by component. And a use case to get to circle back to your question. A use case I was speaking with a customer about is. Uh, they spend this particular customer spends a lot of money on uh, paid advertising, driving you know users to a landing page. You know, sitting in Sitecore, they're very interested to know like what do these users do before they bounce? Like, did they click through the the, the carousel? So it becomes very important because it's like a kind of engagement, and these marketers are getting you know incentivized on you know reporting success or results. So you can so a bounce is not just a bounce. Like what kind of engagement occurred on a one-page visit? So it's a use case that we're like, okay, you know what? We can we can track if they click through the carousel because and that that can actually show an engaged visit as opposed to you know passive engagement, you know, a bounce. So those are yep. those are you know our wandering attempt at some uh, some use cases. Yeah, all that been incredibly valuable. To, to sort of, I would say, almost interview Chris during this entire process to figure out what to happen. Just like, did you scroll past the fold? That's an indicator, it's probably not a bounce. Just being able to measure, you can say in technical terms, define interactive on the site for say less than five seconds, didn't scroll around, then it's a bounce for sure. Uh, but but also filter things out. Just wanted to add it, like everything Chris said has been like really, really great in me doing all my voodoo and in, in sort of the underlying technique to pick up all these events that will then make it possible to realize these things. So I'm going to change direction here a little bit. I do want to come back to the XP versus CDP thing in a second, Chris, but you guys mentioned open source. And when I hear kind of a product company mentioned open source, I don't necessarily know how you make money on that. So I'm just kind of curious, what do you guys do mean by open source? Like how would someone get started on the CDP tracker? Because I'm sure that's what a lot of listeners are going to be thinking about because everything you're saying is a huge need and gap. 
So um, me personally is like, how could we get started or how could a customer or agency get started on utilizing this tracker? We'll go to, well, for, for instructions, they would go to GitHub slash relevant edge slash tail dash F. And then they will figure out what the NPM package names are. So, I mean, right now it's more will come, but right now it's optimized for next JS solutions. So it will tell you the two or three commands you need to write to get going. So by open source, we mean open source, MIT hmm. licensed, take it, fork it, steal it, do whatever you want. Please don't use it for, for bad purposes, but we can't even control it. So it's like proper open source. Very cool. And how we make money from it. That was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No, but, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's actually, I mean, honestly, my first take and was like, you know, Niels, he said he wanted to do the open source. And uh, I said something like, you know, you know, no way. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was. Yep. <laughs> it was I, I made some, some kind of joke at the, at the time. But then he told me about companies that provide open source software that do services, mm-hmm. you know, on top of the open source software that are hugely successful. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'm very, we're, we have a good, really good chemistry here. And uh, um, so we trust each other. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but, it, but, but no doubt it, it, in a way it's like, it, it's, it's kind of a business card or something for us, I would say. Very cool. It, it, at, at the least. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I was just kind of curious because I'm sure we'll have a few people at R and they'll just want to, take a look around and because that's what again you're solving a huge need right now so be very curious to dive into that chris i want to i want to go back to a couple points on your use cases right because when we've converted a number of you know xp clients to xm and then obviously going to personalize and possibly cdp right one of the gaps that we've seen is you know you, you you're on the business optimization side of Sitecore when you're going through defining someone's personas and goals one of the gaps we see is CDP is extremely powerful on the individualized level. The one area is like, how can we get a rolled up view of maybe all the goals triggered on a website, which I think you guys are solving, right? So, if, you know, let's say we want to track how many people click this one button and see a report on that inside CDP, or I guess with your guys' case relevant. That's one of the gaps that we've seen, but it sounds like you guys have, have been solving for that. One lesson I've learned in this company is that um, vendors like Sitecore, Adobe, Optimizely, you yep. name it, like DXP, CDP vendors, they have their platforms, they have their fixed functionality, mm-hmm. and they have their product roadmaps. In order for them, and, and the, invariably within that, they have analytics, you know, applications or tools, and those are fixed, right? Yep. The ability for those tools to provide custom analytics is never going to be as rich as is when you can extract when you extract the data and use a tool, you know, to you know a BI tool, uh, and, and uh, you know we work by default with Power BI, but not exclusively with Power BI. And um, we are hearing requests from the market that you know customers they want to you know they 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 want to go beyond what they can in the box, and um, that's what we're addressing. Uh, out of the box analytics is quite good in um, in CDP person CDP personalized. Hundred yeah, um, percent. The team is really really good. There's just it's just a natural need within a platform like this that's collecting this data to want to do you know to do take the analytics as far as you can take it. So that and that's what that's what we're addressing. Perfect. 
So one more question in store for you guys today. Whenever I have a product owner on or even someone from Sitecore, I always have to ask this. Um, and obviously share what you can. But what else do you all have in store on the Sitecore tech stack side? So you have the CDP tracker. Anything else you can share for more developments with that or any other type of product releases you guys have planned in the year 2023 or beyond? Yeah, we're going wide, you could say. So um, the idea of integrated analytics is about the ability to support different data sources. We want to make it easy to support more data sources you know, with less effort. So within the Sitecore product portfolio, uh, you know, Content Hub, you know, we're working with that. Uh, send, you know, commerce, search. So the ability to more easily work with these as data sources in, in integrated analytics, um, very natural, especially like the search product. It's really powerful. And we have uh, customers who are working with it today. So we're on track to, to provide that as an integrated data source. And then the other one is a partner enablement, which I think Niels, he would like to talk about developer experience, partner developer experience. Sure. I, I would actually like to talk about it. Yes. It's a, uh... I always thought about a thing, it's a field that has a name now, developer UX. What, what is it like to work with a solution? What does the code look like? And, and that is also something we have, we have taken into account from the start. We were starting having external, uh, like proper external people using our platform and, and they can actually see, wow, it's actually true. You only need to copy paste the few lines of code you know about how to connect to something and then it goes into the solution. So, I mean, that is one thing we are, we also going because we can see it starting the partner things. I would say I, the momentum was probably what we expected. We, we needed a couple of like really big cases before anyone would bother to start seeing what's in it for us. And at the same time, we also, we, we are, we are working on proper developer supporting documentation with examples and so on. That's one side. Another side we're working on is also making it, you can say, even easier to install. I hate when people are saying even easier because that means it should be a nightmare right now. That's not necessarily the case. <laughs> but, 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 but again, I'm not a marketing person, so I actually mean worse by face value. But having it sort of distributes it more automatically. I mean, we, we do have like container registry and these kind of things, but maybe have a, like a button in the Azure app store I don't think they call it that, but essentially like you can, you can, without us go in and say, okay, I want this thing. What does it look like? And, and, and then you can take it from there. So you can say the ease of deployment and the, the general developer support to make it possible for a developer to use the platform completely without having to call us. That might not be finished before next year. It's always a process, right? Sure. But, but that's kind of where we're oh. going in, in, in sort of this, you know, did you learn well, that at Sitecore, Niels? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, I worked. With you Sitecore. you learned to manage I, I, those product before. release expectations. Yeah, hedge your bets, guys. I like it. I like it. No. It's not an issue historically. I, that should be okay. I mean, I uh, yeah. No, that's not. Let's only say good things about all companies we're talking about. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I know good. what a long nighter is, and I I, I don't want uh, I I don't want to put that on my own people. I promise. It is. It's about <laughs> making a great tech experience. Awesome. Chris, and any final words before we wrap up today? Uh, I just, um, we're really happy to participate and um, 
really look forward to you know the rest of the year for for this one. No symposium, um, although lots of local events. Yep, the DX events, um, yep. Which, yes, and so we we hope to meet more community people out there at the uh, some of the upcoming events. We have them in our calendars. Great. So yeah, but that's that's basically it. Um, Great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah, both Chris, Chris Deals, thank you both for joining us at the water cooler today. Look forward to further collaborating with you both of you in the future as well. And uh, as always, we hope to have you back on the water water cooler again soon. So be interested and in see how you guys progress the rest of the year. So thanks again, guys. Great, thanks. And we'd thank be happy to join, of course. Thanks. Yeah, great. thank you very much for, for letting us join this thing. Great, great, great. Thanks again to Chris Nash and Niels Cannell from Relevant Edge for joining us today on the Cycro Water Cooler Podcast. A casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Psychor. I'm your host, John Price, and until the next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Psychor Water Cooler podcast today wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by AmericanGill.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Brian Winger.